0: The breakout sleeper receivers last season was actually really difficult. At least with the parameters, Hayden, that we are setting out here, like after round ten, ADP of one twenty plus. I actually have a list of the names that uh that did really well. Okay, Hunter Renfro was the obvious one. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Christian Kirk, I think qualifies. And then if I can take the first thirteen weeks of Emmanuel Sanders the final five weeks of Gabriel Davis smash them together because they both were going after 120 last year. Then you have, I don't know five on this list. Can we take anything of the success that we saw from those names and try to apply it to, again, the six we're about to give people out there today?
1: Well, I think since we obsess over evaluating wide receivers and because wide receiver talent is so predictable compared to some of the other positions, it's hard to find just like, an overlooked player so what i'm looking for for sleepers is are they on the field like we're drafting players like there's a lot of players in in the wide receiver 60 70 range that are (laughs) legit backups like so i'm gonna find the players that are starting and then it's just like all right all those players you just listed a couple injuries away from starters and all of a sudden now you have the exact role so i'm still looking for size i'm looking for starters and i think the, one of the keys is a couple of the players that um, are on bad teams, but they're going to be out there and they're going to run yeah. 40 routes a game. Like, I'll just take take those guys too.
0: Few slot receivers on that list too. Maybe we'll get to a couple of uh, a couple of those names. Yeah, I mean, again, I was the one hyping up like AJ Green last year in round 18. It's because we knew he was going to be on the field versus I don't know the Brashad Perrymans, the Tyra Williams of the world, which were no lock to even make the roster that they were on. Okay, today six top. Wide receiver sleepers for the 2022 seasons. We already did this for running backs. If you're new to the channel, go and check that video out. And while you're here, smash subscribe down below. Okay. As always, Hayden, you start us off and it's with Devontae Parker.
1: Another hint here is when no other fantasy analyst is talking up this player, he might be going overlooked a little bit. And that's exactly what's happening with Devontae Parker. And I think part of the reason why is Devontae Parker kind of been a fantasy tease. And I don't think he's going to be a top 20 fantasy receiver this year. But the Patriots' first wide receiver is being drafted later than any team's First wide receiver. And I think part of the reason why DeMonte Parker is going overlooked is because he was in and out of the lineup last year. We kind of assume that means he was bad. But last year he was the wide receiver 31 in fantasy usage per game. His targets were seven, nine, seven, nine, eleven, five, eight, zero, thirteen, and four. That's a lot of targets. And I think what's happening with the Patriots is they needed a true X receiver. This offense was not able to throw the ball downfield. I think that's a, a little bit uh of the reason why is they didn't have any size or speed really at the wide receiver position. I'm looking at a six three two nineteen wide receiver, a true X played eighty seven percent of the snaps on the outside, a big play potential guy, somebody that can get the high point. Kendrick Bourne six one two zero three, uh, Jacoby Myers 6'2", 203. Nelson Aguilar six foot one ninety six, Thornton who right now is needs to win a punt gunner role to be an active player uh, according to Mike Reese. Six two one 181. There is nobody on the Patriots roster that has this body type. I think he's going to go out there and play almost every single snap. I'm worried that Jacoby Myers is not going to be playing in two wide receiver sets. I think there's going to be a rotation for everyone around uh, Devontae Parker, but I think Devontae Parker is exactly what the Patriots needed, and I don't think he's going to be a top-20 receiver, but I think that he's going to be there, and he could catch six seven eight touchdowns and get in your best ball items just enough.
0: The leader in red zone targets last season, For the patriots hunter henry with 17 the next closest was jacoby myers at 13 as you outlined no one wants a piece of this patriots passing game despite i think you and i and maybe a few other people believing they're just going to throw the ball more often this season than they did last year put a bit more responsibility on the shoulders of mac jones and during his time at alabama if you watched him and even if you watched him during his rookie season mac is so good at deciphering who was open in the timing and rhythm of the offense and his accuracy, his placement is outstanding. You mentioned Devontae Parker at wide receiver 64. I think you outlined why he could be the quote unquote alpha of the group. If that is a possibility among the Jacoby Myers, of the world who also qualifies qualifies for this list at wide receiver 61. And then Kendrick Bourne was, I think a really promising player in terms of what they paid him. And now he kind of flew under the radar and especially in red zone and touchdown work and, and kind of, important catches on third downs for wide receiver 83 and like you said the last group of all 32 teams are this patriots you know collective this this wide receiver core and i think it's as to you your point there's no clear number one and if there's an x it's probably Devonte.
1: I think, I think the entire market is misevaluating the Patriots wide receivers. Kendrick Bourne, he had eight routes in two wide receiver sets last year. Eight. They only yeah. view him as a third wide receiver on the outside. He's going to be in the rotation with Nelson Aguilar for that Z-roll, uh, the flanker role, some of the deep, deep things. And I think that Jacoby Myers, he's the one that could, like, I'm not sure he's a lock for two wide receiver sets. He was last year. I'm not sure if he is. And I think that Nelson Aguilar, uh, myself included, I wrote up Tyquan Thornton as a deep sleeper. I'm kind of walking that back just a little bit because it seems like Nelson Aguilar, who's making the most money in this wide receiver group, is still going to be in that starter role. And then Taequann Thornton's more of a bet for 2023. So I think you can sprinkle in a little bit of Nelson Aguilar. I'm completely avoiding Jacoby Myers. And Devontae Parker is going to be one of my most drafted players, uh, not even just at wide receiver at any position.
0: My first name at wide receiver 57, his name is Kenny Galladay. He just makes this list at 122 overall in terms of ADP. This entire pitch is built on what a Brian Dayball offense and the impact of him calling plays in comparison to what we saw last year and Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens. On top of that, what an improved offensive line will allow the New York Giants to do this season? Because as we all know, we really haven't seen Kenny Galladay at his best for two full seasons. His... Last year in Detroit, he played just a handful of games and set out the rest of the year. And then everything was just abysmal with the big blue last year. So 50% of his targets with the Giants last year were 10 to 19 yards in the intermediate area of the field. Just 19% deep. As you're watching right now on YouTube with all these clips, Kenny Galladay still has some vertical downfield ability. He still has the areas of where he wins and those are contested catches. It's also stressing vertically, peeling things back, breaking it off either the middle of the field or, or to the outside. And so his best years in Detroit, again, just 19% of those deep targets last year, he typically had around 33% deep targets. And so Brian Dayball coming from a very you know aggressive passing offense in Buffalo, again, offensive line help to allow Daniel Jones to give him time for those five, seven step drops and target deep. Kenny Galladay, to me, the reduced price where you draft him last year, 80th overall, now going at 122. He is, I think, one of the premier names of these lists that we can talk about for this quote unquote sleeper list.
1: Totally agree with you. The entire offense will look better, um, partially because there was a big stretch of the season where it was like Jake Fromm and Glennon throwing passes. Like, I think we're kind of over uh, looking that. Uh, Kenny Galladay averaged 1.2 fantasy points per target from Daniel Jones. That dropped down to 0.6 with the other quarterback, So a big quarterback upgrade for the entire season with offensive line upgrades and just the entire offense is going to get better. Kenny Galladay is also somebody who I'm pretty, pretty damn confident is going to be out there in two wide receiver sets just because Wondell Robinson's too small. Sterling Shepard late season, uh, Tony Keely's a made to take a pay cut. Uh, Darius Slayton's a cut or trade candidate. It's going to be Kadarius, Tony and Kenny Galladay in two wide receiver sets. Kadarius, Tony, we love, yeah, fantasy because he's an upside play, but there's also a little bit of a bust element too. And Kenny Galladay would, would be the beneficiary of that.
0: It wouldn't shock me at all. As much as I love Kadarius Tony as the individual talent, if Kenny Galladay emerges as the leading receiver this season, um, you saw it in those Saints clips. The little glimpses, the little flashes are still there in Kenny Galladay's game. He's never going to be a separator. In fact, contested catches are a main focus of his game. He had 31 contested targets last season and only caught 15. That was up 48%. In comparison, it was 77% the year before that, 63% the year before that. So if we just, you know, catch a few more deep targets rather than 13-yard targets, again, with a more aggressive offense, this easily can hit, again, at 122 overall.
1: Better in best ball. All right, my next name, and that's going to be a big, bold prediction for me, Julio Jones. I think that he could be like, I don't know, a top 36 wide receiver this year, and he's going 196 overall. There's going to be somebody that finds this video in like August 14th, and they're going to be stunned that I just said Julio Jones was being drafted 196 overall. I think that he was actually good last year. And if there was, a uh, in weeks 14, 15 and 16, he, uh, was coming back from injury and then he wasn't even able to play seven week 17. If you remove those three games where he didn't, he barely was even playing. If you remove those three games, he was 13th in PFF grade out of 105 wide receivers, 11th and yards per route run at 2.22. The reason why his yards per route run was down a little bit was because he was battling through some of those injuries. And yeah, you don't have to tell me twice. He's probably going to miss some time because of a hamstring injury. That's completely baked in here. But I think that we're kind of overriding how bad of a player Julio Jones is and mistaking that for just somebody that's going to be missing some time because of age and injury. So I'm campaigning for the Packers to sign, sign Julio Jones. They need an outside receiver. To me, he looked very big and very explosive. Call me crazy, but Julio Jones still big and explosive. Uh, you can complain all you want about the the touchdowns and the, the missed time out there, but if he can get six, seven, eight healthy games this year, I think we're going to get some complete upside weeks. I still think that he has some juice. The underlying metrics and the film to me backed that up. When he was when he, when you go back and watch at least some of those healthy games from last year,
0: love how you pitch this because someone could be tuning and watching into this the last week of August and say, "Oh man, he's going right. at one twelve overall in drafts right now." What the hell are you talking about? He's not even close to that. I mean, it's because he doesn't have a, a team attached to his name on underdog fantasy. Like the question for you, Hayden, let's say the Packers do sign him. And it kind oh, of maybe. makes sense where someone who didn't want to practice and got on Mike Vrabel's shit list last year probably doesn't want to be in OTAs and around organizations right now. And once he has to in training camp, that's where he signs. If he does sign with the Green Bay Packers, Christian Watson's going as 116 overall. Doesn't that just make total sense to spoon and, and Flop feed? Them julio jones into that adp yes. at the moment
1: yeah i i think that like the other comparison i i made was like jarvis landry jarvis landry was drafted in this range before he signed with the saints and now he's like what 130th somewhere in that range right. uh, julio jones can do that and I'm like uh, you're in, the game isn't to be closing line value it's to actually go out there and produce but i my opinion is julio jones still has gas in the tank it's not going to be for 17 weeks but i think that he can go on an eight game stretch here and look like a a miniature version of himself just pop quiz for you josh Uh-oh. in his six games last year how many yards do you think julio jones averaged the six healthy games how many yards do you think he averaged i, th-
0: I think you shared this with me in slack it's either like 57 or 77 something like that
1: yeah you're right in that range 61.8 Oh, I that's surprised. i mean that's better than what most people think most people think that he's oh, yeah. averaging like 13 or something ridiculous he, i and mean, we're talking about top 15 and some of the efficiency metrics so yeah julio jones Is a sleeper, just like we called uh, Tom Brady's being overlooked at the quarterback position, things are going crazy in best ball. Okay, next up for me.
0: And by the way, let me start by saying my absolute favorite wide receiver in this range is Josh Palmer. But we already have a seven-minute clip on him on the channel. Go and find it. And I didn't just want to keep mentioning his name over and over and over again because among all wide receivers, I think he's fifth on the list of the highest ADP climbers since we posted that video But I'll I'll go with another name in that range, and it's K.J. Osborne at wide receiver 67, 145 overall. He had six contests last year of double-digit points. Six. This is really simplified analysis. But here are a few players that K.J. Osborne scored more points on a weekly basis than. Gabriel Davis, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Rondale Moore, Allen Robinson, all of those are being drafted way, way, way over KJ Osborne. And this is an offense that we think is going to change for the benefit of of all of us. And look, there's no calling card, there's no special skill that KJ Osborne brings to the table. And maybe his best trait is that he plays about 50% of his snaps out wide, 50% of his snaps in the slot. We had in our full wide receiver conversation the, the clip of Justin Jefferson saying, He's probably going to take over the Cooper Cup role. That means about 65-plus percent of the time in the slot. KJ Osborne, this is also a team that has no second tight end that we believe probably runs in 11 personnel, the vast majority of their snaps. And there is a clear drop-off, a clear cliff, unless something weird happens, of the third to the fourth wide receiver on this roster. So if they were 11th in pass attempts last year, now they're a pass-first offense, KJ Osborne, After already hitting six games of double-digit points, if we just get that already, I think K.J. Osborne, again, is a value at wide receiver 67.
1: Yeah, in the six games, Adam Thielen missed the average 11.4 half PPR points with Adam Thielen. That dropped down to 5.9, but like you said, I think that there's reason to believe K.J. Osborne is going to even that out a little bit just because more three wide receiver sets, more passing volume in general, and... That was with Adam Thielen missing time. Like, what if that's like, I don't want this to happen because Justin Jefferson's one of my favorite players. But if Jeff, Justin Jefferson misses times, now we're even unloading even more targets. So uh KJ Osborne, in that range of Josh Palmer, Van Jefferson. Exactly. Uh, outside of Tyler Boyd, KJ Osborne's actually my favorite name of the three wide receiver, or the third wide receiver on a good passing offense. Uh, I think that he can actually play. And like Arif Hassan from The Athletic keeps mentioning that uh, since he's such a physical player in general, that he's actually going to be able to block. And that's a staple. Like the 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 Rams offense historically asked their wide receivers to block more conde- uh, congested formations. And I think that uh, KG Osborne is going to be out there uh, yep. way more snaps this year than he was last year.
0: Yeah. Condensed tight splits. A lot of times you saw him paired with another wide receiver tied in on the front side of plays, bunch sets, and he was asked to block and he, he fights through contact, man. He's again, not the most slippery guy off the line of scrimmage, but he will fight to get open. And I love how you outline this with Tyler Boyd, who doesn't make this list. Cause he's going at one eleven. We also have a whole clip on him and love where he's going in drafts. Um, Josh Palmer. KJ Osborne, Van Jefferson, they're like the quote unquote wide receiver three on their teams, but these are passing offenses that we want pieces of. And if they claim that role for themselves, 65, 75% of the snaps, that's awesome. And if something for hopefully not, but does happen to one of the top two wide receivers, then boom, you have an even larger plate to scoop from in terms of opportunities. So they all kind of fit. And I'm trying to get pieces of all of them in drafts right now in underdog fans.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite things to do is to draft a wide receiver two and wide receiver three on the same offense. For in this example, if if you drafted Adam Thielen, but you didn't have Justin Jefferson graft KJ Osborne how they have upside together is if Justin Jefferson misses sometime. Are you ready okay. for the next one? Yep. Two more names. All right. Isaiah McKenzie, the chat knew this was coming. Uh this is, I mean, one of the underdog football show, guys, and it's been like that for uh, a year now. And the reason why is um, you're reading the reports from the Bills report, or the Bills reporters, and they're basically calling this a toss up. Uh, yet, Jameson Crowder goes 132nd overall, and Isaiah McKenzie goes undrafted sometimes in Best Ball Mania 3. Looking at the contract, that's one of our staple things we do. Uh, Jameson Crowder is making $1.9 million, which is less than the Best Ball Mania 3 winner compared to Isaiah McKenzie, who got at least got two years. Uh, $4.4 million. Um, So he at least hits that threshold. Isaiah McKenzie is a freaking speedster, man. He is an exciting player to watch. So I think that if you're looking, if you drafted Josh Allen and you needed that last second pick, I think that Isaiah McKenzie can qualify. And there's a chance that on on like August 15th, we see it in the preseason. Isaiah McKenzie is actually starting over Jameson Crowder. We can just see that these ADPs flip-flop. Uh, I don't think that they're, either of them are going to have the complete Cole Beasley role, because I think that Jameson Crowder provides a little element that Isaiah McKenzie might not have and vice versa. But even if they're splitting this uh, slot role, there's contingent upside. This is an offense that is going to use that position no matter what. And I just think that Isaiah McKenzie can kind of ball a little bit, and I, I think he's going to be an exciting player to have in your roster.
0: When you outlined it, Jamison Crowder, wide receiver, 62, 135. Isaiah McKenzie is going undrafted in the vast majority of leagues. You know this, Hayden. I will never be able to forget this performance against the New England Patriots. A Bill and Steve Belichick run defense had zero answers for the jitterbug, Isaiah McKenzie. 11 receptions, 125 yards, one touchdown. Look at all of those over routes out of the slot, drag routes, crossing routes over the slot. You can't keep him. And he's a really fun manufactured touch player. Um, I think Dawson Knox gets a boost and maybe can be a little bit more used out of the slot. And he was already fantastic inside the red zone. But just from a a theory standpoint, if it's almost a foregone conclusion for drafters right now, an underdog that Jameson's winning this job. And again, what we are mentioning is it's not clear cut that way. It maybe even flips halfway through the season. Um, But Isaiah McKenzie is good enough to me to earn more money somewhere else. He didn't take that. He didn't get that. But he's definitely good enough and is the proven piece. And I think both are really talented. I think that's a fair statement, too.
1: Yeah, last year, starting slot wide receiver for the Bills, averaged 8.9 half PPR points. Doesn't sound like a lot, but that would have been the wide receiver 39 on average last year. So take a, maybe a little bit sprinkled sprinkle Jameson Crowder, but definitely take a big scoop for Isaiah McKenzie. He's one of the best picks in basketball.
0: Love that. Okay, you left me no time, but we'll get to it and close out with uh nico collins look we love to obsess over second year wide receivers a natural step forward makes sense either because of you know their comfort in the nfl or a comfort that the coaches now now having them well nico collins and Terrace marshall are kind of like the two forgotten second year wide receivers collins is going as wide receiver 79 184 overall and don't get me wrong like i absolutely love rashad bateman but while he's going as wide receiver 26 Nico Collins only had 70 fewer yards last year during his first, you know, season in the league. And what you see on film that I'm about to pull up right now is a big bodied outside wide receiver who is absolutely unafraid to take things over the middle of the field, absorb massive hits, stride it out and pick up some big chunk gains. Um, This is also, again, an outside wide receiver along with Brandon Cooks that really should have. No competition, unless some random name like Chris Conley pops up like he has in the past um, to, to battle it out for those two wide receiver sets. And then maybe it's John Mechie or someone else that they have brought in to be the uh, to be the slot wide receiver. Uh, I'm a believer in Pep Hamilton, and I'm also a believer in this improved offensive line. It was bad last year. So you have, get Larry Mutunso back at left tackle, Titus Howard at right tackle, spend a top 20 selection on Kenyon Green. And so... Hopefully some more protection again for these intermediate and downfield shots. And I think Nico Collins has a lot of talent. He's one actually my highest drafted players constantly on underdog in like the round 16, round 17 territory.
1: Yeah, totally agree with Nico Collins. He's going to be out there. He has that ex wide receiver role that you just really can't find that late in the draft. To me, he's an all about athleticism at the position right now. There's a lot of times where he just like kind of bulldozing corners but that's all right when you're what six 220 or whatever the hell nico collins is a great athlete so he's going to be out there on, on the field in in two wide receiver sets i think that he he'll still be in two wide receiver sets even when john mechie returns later in the season it's gonna be brandon cooks and nico collins and those are the only two uh wide receivers we really need to worry about for the first i would say two months of the season
0: yeah i think there's some suddenness to a game he, yes. he plays without fear. He works back to the quarterback and these extended plays that you're seeing. And like, again, that natural big frame is, is a skill. It's a trait and it allows him to make catches that others cannot. So again, he played 57% of the snaps or more from week six on. And I, I just, again, I understand that a lot of times for second year wide receivers, we, we get excited because of how much they showed as a rookie. No one really showed anything on the Texans. And so maybe this is someone that could get really excited about and be much higher in uh in year three. Okay. We've gone too long. Go back and forth real quick on just a few names that you'd be remiss if you didn't point them out before we get out of here.
1: If you drafted Justin Fields, you can get Byron Pringle for free. I like him over Vilas Jones, who's going to be a slot receiver. Brian Pringle is going to play on the outside. Zay Jones also going to be the number three wide receiver for Trevor Lawrence. You and I both want to be drafting Trevor Lawrence. Zay Jones got a ton of money. It's going to be Christian Kirk at, in the slot, Marvin Jones at X. Zay Jones is going to be the deep threat. Uh, you can also make the argument for Juwan Jennings as the a Trey Lance or or I'm not going to say Jimmy G, but on the Trey Lance team as the third wide receiver. And then the finally Quez Watkins going to be that number three for the Jalen Hurts team. So whenever I'm drafting one of those elite quarterbacks, I'm looking to find some last second additions. And those are the names I'm keep on clicking.
0: The Colts second wide receiver goes in this range. Uh, Paris Campbell, actually of the last month is the player who's boosted his ADP the most 26 spots now up to wide receiver 76. And then Alec Pierce, his running mate, goes at wide receiver 72. You know this. I, I think Matt Ryan just opens everything up for Frank Reich and this offense. They, you know, just get to do more on a weekly and and game basis. And the point of having usable weeks, I think, you know, Matt Ryan can support two pass catchers. And right now it sounds like Paris Campbell is running in the two wide receiver sets. And it's easy to make a case for a whole bunch of rookies because a ton of them go in this range, like George Pickens, maybe he's the outside wide receiver with chase Claypool, possibly running in the slot. Um, if the redacted quarterback in the Browns gets a lighter suspension, David Bell is certainly in play as a blocking slot who might see the field a little bit earlier. And then Jamison Williams is in this area. That's a tough one to pick because who knows what his timeline is, but we know just from a pure skill standpoint, big plays, getting down the field, super explosive. He's a joy to watch when out there.
1: Yep. once Jamison Williams ADP drops because he starts on the pup list, I'm going to be all in again.
0: Love that. All right, we did it. We've done six names for running backs. Go check out that video. These were the six sleepers we have for wide receivers. If you are new to the channel, don't get out of here just yet. Smash subscribe, thumbs up, maybe even hit that notification bell as well. We'll be back here next week on Tuesday with another show up the Villa. Talk to you all soon. See ya.